Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome to the show that is all about uncovering the awesome in the everyday. Each week, my co-host and I give our favorite tips, share our best stories, and confide our true confessions as we invite you to join us in the pursuit of awesome. This is episode 57 of the show, and I am so excited to welcome this month's very awesome guest co-host, Crystal Payne of MoneySavingMom.com. Crystal is a best-selling author whose books include 21 Days to a More Disciplined Life, Say Goodbye to Survival Mode, and most recently, Money Making Mom, How Every Woman Can Earn More and Make a Difference. Since 2006, she has been sharing her advice and insights on living frugally and with intention all around the web. And to this day, hundreds of thousands of women turn to her for inspiring and faith-based encouragement for a happy and fulfilling home life. So you can see why I am so excited to have Crystal here with us today. So Crystal, welcome to the show. Oh my goodness, Megan. I am so excited to be here. I'm like fangirling. I feel like I'm trying not to hyperventilate that I'm talking to this celebrity who I've been for so long. This is like such an honor. Oh my goodness. Well, the it is Mutual Admiration Society for sure, because I'm so thrilled that you were able to make time to come on the show this week. So let's go ahead and get the show started the way we always do with Awesome of the Week. And since you are the guest here, I'll get us started. I'll kick things off. My Awesome of the Week this week is a podcast, which Crystal, as you know, on the show, I share a lot of podcast favorites on here. So this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about the podcast that's called The Hamilcast. Now, as I mentioned in that extra awesome episode that I recently did with Jamie Golden, I mentioned at the end of the show, the music I'm listening to a lot right now is from the Broadway musical Hamilton. Are you familiar with the show at all? I'm a little bit familiar, but... I've heard of it, but I'm very fascinated. Okay, well, I have completely gone down the rabbit hole on Hamilton. I am obsessed with the musical. It is written by and stars Lin-Manuel Miranda, and it basically is a musical adaptation of the life of Alexander Hamilton, one of our country's founding fathers, which on the surface, you're like, huh, 
that's a funny thing to be obsessed about. <laughs> but the music is so great. The cast is so incredible. We listen to it a lot around the house. Even my eight-year-old daughter, AJ, is totally obsessed with it. She sang one of the songs, Erin Burser, around the house all weekend. Well, as you can imagine, uh, when there's a little bit of a cultural phenomenon happening, there's lots of fan accounts that spring up. So on Twitter, on Tumblr, all over the place, you can find these different fan things that have popped up. And well, now people are making podcasts about the musical Hamilton. So I wanted to talk about the Hamilcast podcast this week because these women are doing a fantastic job. It's hosted by Jillian Pensaval and Bianca Soto, two women who live in New York City. One of them, Bianca, has seen the stage production of Hamilton twice. Uh, Jillian, the other host, the other co-host of the show, has not seen the show. So like most of us who are obsessed with this musical has not seen the stage production. So they kind of bring a balanced perspective. And they started out with just like really enthusiastic fan discussion of the musical. But then starting in episode three of their show, they started discussing the Ron Chernow biography Alexander Hamilton, which is the book that inspired Lin-Manuel Miranda to write this musical. Now, Crystal, I know you do a ton of reading. I don't know if you've picked up this Chernow book, but it is 826 pages. No, I have not read that. <laughs> it is a huge look at the life of Alexander Hamilton and all of his contemporaries, his personal life, all of the politics and you know, just all of the different dynamics of what was happening in our early country's history at the time. So what they're doing on the Hamilcast, Jillian and Bianca, are taking the book and breaking it down and kind of doing a read-along on their podcast. So if you are maybe like me and don't have the time carved out in your personal reading schedule to read the whole 826 page biography of Alexander Hamilton, you can listen along and just kind of pick up the main beats that um, that the book reveals about Alexander Hamilton's life as it goes through. And I mean, I have to tell you that because of the musical, I have just been blown away by how fascinating the lives of these early patriots were. I mean, we think about you, like, you read it in American history, it's just kind of dry, boring, old white guys that are dead, long gone. But their lives were really super fascinating. It's so interesting because so right now in um, our homeschool, we're studying early American his history. And so we just finished studying Alexander Hamilton. Uh-huh. So, and it was interesting. I was in um, Israel and Italy with a group of people, and we were talking about Broadway shows, and they were, and I was saying, so I'm like a huge fan of Wicked. That's like my favorite show in yes, the world. Yes, it's a great and, one. Uh, so, but they were talking about this show, and, and I was like, oh, like, so I definitely need to check it out, clearly. Yes. So It is fantastic. And I just love that there is a podcast about it now, you know. That's the thing that, that podcasts are really great for. You can be really, really super into something really specific and you have no one in your life to talk to about it. But chances are there is actually a podcast about it. So is like, so are they going to, will they just keep this podcast going on forever? Like, it was, you know, that's Ooh. kind of an interesting, it's kind of one of those topics that you feel like, is there an endless supply that, of ideas that they could explore in that kind of podcast. Right. That's a good question. And I'm not sure what their plans are for the show after they finish the Trinell book, but sprinkled in along the way, they have had guests who are somehow relevant to the show come on and talk like they had an actual American history teacher come in and talk and talk about how she's using the production and teaching American history to her students. They had the woman who runs one of the Twitter fan accounts that's called Hamilton Squad 
uh, and it's a, a very popular Hamilton fan account. So they had her come on the show and talk about her experiences with getting to go backstage and meeting the cast. And so in terms of being able to bring people on the show that, that are some way, you know, adjacent to the production of the show, they may be able to find some more material to keep it going for a while. I mean, there's a lot of people I think would love to continue to hear more discussion about it. So again, if you are a fan of Hamilton, or I guess even just a fan of revolutionary American history and you want to learn more about Alexander Hamilton's life, you can find the podcast, The Hamilcast in iTunes or just wherever you listen to podcasts. So that is totally my awesome of the week. And it has been for a few weeks now. So Crystal, I can't wait to hear what you brought for the show this week. So I feel a little bit uncultured bringing this one next to yours, but (laughs) mine mine is dry shampoo. Oh yeah. uh, So I have like for a very long time, all different friends have just raved and raved and raved over dry shampoo. And I have tried it before and I'm like, "Eh -eh." like, no, this stuff doesn't work. It just made my hair feel greasy and icky. And I'm like, this is, it felt like it was doing the exact opposite of what it was supposed to be doing. (laughs) And so I gave up on it. And so my, my hair guy, I think it was last, I don't know, late last year, he used some of this new, I go to an Aveda salon and he uses new Aveda. It's called Champure is what it's called. And he used it in my hair. And I was like, let me, let me buy some of that. Let me try some of that. And I have fallen in love with this, with this dry shampoo. And it's like changed my life, which (laughs) I'm like, okay, so here's the deal. Like I always for years and years have been like every three days, I wash my hair every Mm -hmm. three days. Always wash my hair every three days. Well, now that I have this dry shampoo, I can go like four or five, maybe even six days. Oh my gosh. And you can't tell. And so it's the best thing ever because I'm like, I have all this extra time in my life. <laughs> it takes me like a good 45 minutes when I wash my hair and do the whole thing. And like, I have hair that is high maintenance and blow dry it and then fix it. And, and I'm like, so if every morning, like I just, after about like the third day, then I just use a little dry shampoo. And then the next day I'm like, use a little dry shampoo. And then I'm like, use a little dry shampoo. And then maybe the sixth day I'm like, wear a ball cap. <laughs> <laughs> and I can extend this, like, it's like I have this extra time in my week because of this dry shampoo. And so I, that is my awesome of the week. Actually, my awesome, kind of my awesome of the year, maybe, because Whoa. it's me all this, I mean, one of the awesomes of the year, but it's given me all this time back, and I'm just, like, I love it, and it's just so great to, like, wake up in the morning and think, I don't have to wash my hair, and I'm on day for hair. Let me tell you what, first of all, no apologies for bringing a beauty product, because while we do talk about some deep things on the show, sometimes we also love a great beauty product. In fact, in the Hangout group, this is a topic that comes up a lot. People are like, tell me about, especially hair products. We always love to hear what other people are using. But the dry shampoo thing comes up because you can, you know, there's so many choices out there and you buy some, some work great and some are really terrible. So this is the Aveda. And what did you say it is? It's called Champure. Champure. And the one thing I love about it is that it gives so much volume to my hair. So if I want to hair up in like some kind of blob that is really nice on those days when you don't have time. Um, usually my hair just won't do that. But when I put this, like I have enough texture in my hair that I can wear it up in a blob and it looks like decent. You can just kind of like put it all up there and, and it'll just stay. And so, so that's the thing. So it's just, yeah, it's really helped my life a lot. 
Well, and two, you are on camera like every day on Periscope, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. So yes, I can see how you would need something that is just like, let's get it together and go. So yay, that's exciting. We will, we will definitely put a link to that in the show notes. So if anybody else is looking for a great dry shampoo, they can check out Crystal's recommendation on that. So, all right, Crystal, well, you listen to the show. You know what we do when we bring guests in here. We want to hear first thing a little bit of your life story. In fact, we call it the five minute life story, kind of the highlight reel of your life so far so that anybody who's listening who is not familiar with your work can kind of get to know you a little bit before we dig into these topics. So five minute life story, let us know a little bit about where you're from and how you got to where you are right now. Okay, big topic. Let's see if we can do this in five minutes. Yes. <laughs> you know, with my timer, but... <laughs> Okay, so I was born and raised in Wichita, Kansas, um, and I am second of seven kids, so there's a family of nine, and I was homeschooled from second grade on, um, came from a very, very conservative um, family, and I didn't go to college um, because when I graduated, I was just really happy with what I was doing. I was, I'm a violinist, and I was teaching violin. I was nannying for some families, and I was working part-time as a waitress, so I was like, I'm not going to, I can't like do all this that I love to do and go to college. So I decided not to go to college, which is kind of one of those things that I've actually never regretted that decision, even though some people really kind of, you know, I feel like it was for me, it helps me because I think way outside the box and I'm this entrepreneur. And so um, anyway, so I married my childhood sweetheart when I was Aww. 20. And I met when we were nine and ten, and um, we kind of really liked each other since the time we were about fourteen to fifteen. So we got married and knew that he was going to go to law school. That was this kind of big thing, and we had these big plans and these big dreams of that we were going to. He was going to go to law school, and we were going to have this big family, and he was going to do constitutional law and, and all this stuff. And well, then we. I, found out I was pregnant with um, our first and I was working part-time then and I was so sick in my pregnancy that I had to stop working and came home but we needed my income to survive and so I started laying I'm laying in bed and I'm researching everything that I can about making money online and I there was a lot of things that I discovered and this was back like this was in 2005 so it was very different market at that time and um, but I discovered this thing called blogging very new phenomenon and I thought well I, I like to write I like computers I don't really have a lot of other gifts and skills so let's try this blogging thing and I so I tried that and I did a lot of other things as well with affiliate marketing I did I worked as a marketing manager for a company did like a lot of different online ventures but um, blogging was the thing that kind of really rose to the top and was the thing that I loved and so um, I'm kind of embarrassed to tell what my first blog was but we'll just go there we'll okay just go Alt of shame. So my first blog when I'm 23 years old was called Biblical Womanhood because clearly at 23 years old, you know everything about how a Christian woman should live her life. And so that was what my blog was about. And um, I don't go looking for it now. Actually, I don't even know if you can find it, but I, yes, um, it's in the vault of shame. But anyway, so from that blog, God just really used that powerfully in my life um, because I was still extremely like entrenched in legalism and um, this conservative, really conservative, like rules-based um, religion. And um, all these people from differing viewpoints started coming to my blog and saying, well, where's that in the Bible? And I didn't have an answer for them. And so I started 
reading the Bible again and realized that all these things that I was saying were biblical weren't really in the Bible. <laughs> and so it was this crisis of faith for me at that time, and it, it was over a few-year period um, that that all happened. But anyway, in the process of all this, my husband finishes law school, and we have these big dreams, and he's going to go on and do constitutional law. And then it it was like the rug was pulled out from underneath us, and he couldn't get the job that he wanted. And we had I was pregnant with my second baby, then had postpartum depression, and our marriage was falling apart, and I'm having this faith crisis and everything. But we look back and see how through all of that, it was like I kind of hit rock bottom. And that was what really helped me to break free from all of that legalism that I'd been entrenched in. And I shut down that blog, and I started, so Money Saving Mom, I started that in 2007, because I'd kind of been writing a little bit off frugal living, and there was a lot of interest in that. So I started Money Saving Mom in 2007, and um, had no idea that that was going to be the thing that was going to become a huge part of our life, and my husband was eventually going to come home and be full-time in the business with me. That is fantastic. I had no idea that... I knew that you had blogged before you started Money Saving Mom, but I didn't know that first part of your story. That is so interesting. That's so great. I usually keep that kind of like tucked away, but I thought, well, we'll just put it all out there today. That's what we do on this show. We just air it all out. So (laughs) that's so, so interesting. So through your blog, Money Saving Mom, I mean, I know that it has brought so much into your family's life. And like you said, it has become the business in your family. Your husband is at home and, and you guys are partners in that together. And I know it's brought so many wonderful things into your life. And I know one opportunity that it has brought to you is the ability to travel for various things. Like you said, you were just in Israel and Italy recently. But I know that one of the major trips that or one of the major places that has brought a lot of change into your heart and mind and life is your travels to South Africa. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that story. How did you connect to this group that's doing work in South Africa? What is it about the country that really captured your heart? Because I know you have written so passionately and with such great affection for your time in South Africa on your blog. I would just love to hear the whole story of it and what you have going on there now. Yeah, so um, one of the things that really, with my blog, that came out of this whole blogging thing and financial stewardship is just really this passion for um, challenging people to live simply so that others can simply live. And just realizing that if we use our finances um, well and we we are managing them well, then we're able to give generously. And I just feel like if everyone can kind of capture that vision, that's how world change is brought about. And so that's really one of my passions and my hearts behind what, what I do. But so I, our family had kind of been praying about and thinking about, we wanted to have some like sort of thing that was, this was our mission that our family was really all in with. You know, there's so many different, you get emails and letters and you hear at church on Sunday and you, you know, when you're different places, there's all these needs and it's kind of overwhelming. And but we just hadn't felt like there was this one that it was like, this is the thing that we're supposed to do. And we'd just been looking for that and we were giving to some different causes, but none that we were just like all in with. And so it's really kind of crazy because so Lisa Jo Baker, um, she is a blogger who I've known for a long time through um, Encourage, and um, we'd met multiple times at conferences, and I just really loved her heart. And she had this book that was coming out, and she asked me if I could read it to possibly endorse it. Well, I fell in love with this book, and and I did something that I usually 
never do. And I wrote to her and I said, Lisa Joe, like I love your book so much that I just feel like I'm supposed to do something. Like what can I do to help your your book? I don't know. What what can I do? Like how can I use my platform? And and I remember she wrote me back and she said, Crystal, I you know it's it's not about the book. I have this huge big vision that I haven't really talked about that it's so crazy and so far beyond what I can even imagine that I'm kind of scared to even tell you, but since you ask, um, and so she told me about how she felt like God was calling her to use this book to raise money for a playground and a community garden and a water point in South Africa. And for those of you who know her story, you know she's from South Africa. She's South African and her family still lives there and um, they're ministering there in some of the poorest communities. And so she started telling me about this and I literally, Megan, like I could not sleep at night. Like it was just one of those things like you just felt like it was so impressed upon my heart. Like I'm supposed to do something about this. And so I didn't tell her. The, the day that her book launched, I knew that she was going to do this thing with her book launch that was going to be raising, or no, it was, I'm sorry, it was for February 14th, so it was for Valentine's Day, she was going to do this thing. And so I just felt like I was supposed to do something. So I did this post and I said, if you give $20, I'm going to um, give give you, send you one of Lisa Joe's book. If you give $40, I'm going to send you one of my books and one of Lisa Joe's books. And it was just something I felt like God was calling me to do. Right. And it was like one of those moments where you just, you feel so like goosebumps because you're just like, you're in the middle of something that, and it's, it's so much bigger than you. And it was so much bigger than me and so powerful. And people were just, they were just on board and they were so excited to be involved in this. And they're like, thank you so much for giving us something to like be a part of that's going to make a difference. And so um, we raised the money for this playground and this community garden and this water point. And as Lisa Joe and I were emailing back and forth about it, she said, so I have this crazy idea. What would you think about actually going with me to South Africa sometime. Yeah. In that moment, I'm like, yes, like, <laughs> I'm there. Notwithstanding the fact that like, I've never traveled outside of like, like a five hour flight. I'd never been like, I had no stamps on my passport. You know, I mean, it was like, like I had traveled to like, like little places that were, you know, basically right outside the U S and like, I'd been to the DR and that was it. And this is like an 18 hour flight, you know, halfway around the world and this whole thing. And um, I'm like, yes, I'm all in. And um, so we, we planned this trip and, and I went and it was way outside of my comfort zone, but it was like when I, when we landed there, it was just the most amazing experience of like, I just felt madly in love with these people and it was the weirdest thing like I felt like I was part South Africa I mean it's <laughs> weirdest thing. like I'm like these are my people like oh I, wow like, and and it, I just I loved the people so much and I just getting to meet the the people on the ground these locals who are just pouring their lives out for these children a lot of them who are in child-headed households and the AIDS ep- epidemic is so it's just ravaged that country and so it was just, it was very powerful for me. And I, I came home and I, I said, I told my husband, I was like, I feel like we're supposed to do something. And, and I think I know what it is, but this is a little bit crazy. And um, we just felt like we were supposed to come alongside and commit to paying for all of the expenses for them to run this ministry, which money goes really far there. And so that's this incredible thing. But we just felt like, you know, we're in this position now that we can, we can do this. And we just, so we just, we told them, we said, we're all in, we're all in. And so it's become this very 
something that our family is very passionate about. We have South African things on our wall and like we're just, you know, I mean, it's just like part of our life. We have their wood from South Africa that's like on our table and everything. But then one of my big things is that I really wanted to take my family back. And so for my birthday last year, I got to take my kids and my husband and go back. And it was, it was so powerfully moving these kids I'm just so proud of them like how they're taking leadership and growing and everything so anyway I'm as you can tell I'm a little bit passionate about it but we got to raise money for a two-classroom building there with um, a product launch that we did last year and then we're this year with our product launches we're raising money for a much larger classroom facility there and it's just been so for me it's given me so much passion for what I do because it's about changing lives around the globe and helping people be able to maybe buy a product that's going to impact their life but then impact other children you know across across the globe in such a powerful way and and really keeping them alive in a sense and so that's what's been really cool so we um, are also this year I get to take a group of my readers there in September so I saw that that is so amazing oh that's so great I can just tell I mean you're totally lighting up as you talk about South Africa it's so incredible you know Kelly and I were just talking about this on the show the importance of place and how it can have such a huge impact on our life even if you go to a place that is far away from your home it can really connect with something that has has been in you all along and it's like it just connects all the dots for you and it's obvious that that's what's happened with you in South Africa and it's so weird how you can be like I've never even been here before I've never met these people but like I feel like now when I came back home I'm like well this is home but that feels like home too it's it's this weird thing of like I, home is where my people are you know that's right. really what it becomes so yes Yes, I love that. Okay, well, let's switch gears just a little bit because, again, you are known as the money-saving mom, and I think that people would be so disappointed if I brought you on the show and didn't pick your brain a little bit about some of the things that are related to your work at Money Saving Mom, this work that has allowed you then, like you said, to move beyond just what's happening in your family and do work on a global level. So exciting. So, okay. You are known for being this incredible resource for people who want to live frugally, save money for whatever purpose that meets in their life. That's what they want to do. I would love to know, though, what are some of the things that you actually splurge on? You make room in your budget for these little splurges along the way. Yeah, well, I think there's this misnomer out there about, like, frugal living means that, you know, you sit and eat oats and, like, don't ever go out of your house and you, like, have, you know, don't turn your air conditioning on or something. And for me, it's really about being wise and strategic in where it doesn't matter to you and saving money there so that you can spend money where it is a priority to your family. So for us as a family, once we had wiggle room in our budget, I I would say that um, traveling is one thing that my husband and I are very passionate about and wanting our, not only for us to get to experience um, other cultures and um, that sort of thing, but for our kids, it's very important. We love to travel with them and take them places and let them experience things firsthand. So that's something we definitely have splurged on, kind of more experiences versus things. My kids don't have a lot of toys. but we have tried to um, give them a lot of experiences that we hope that they'll remember for the rest of their life. Okay, so we're talking hair again, but hairstylist for me, that is something like literally when we find, like when our budget was not beans and rice anymore, that was the first thing. I'm like, 
I'm going to go get my hair done. And we're <laughs> in the budget for getting my hair done. And so that is something that has been a priority. And then another thing, and this one is one of those that for my audience has been, it can be a little bit of a hot topic, but we have a cleaning lady. And um, we've, my husband for about two years was like, we really should, we should get a cleaning lady. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's way too extra- extravagant. Like, I'm money saving mom. Like, we don't have a cleaning lady. Like, what part of that matches up? You know? <laughs> but I finally realized that one time we were having this big event at our house and he said, let's just hire a cleaning service just for this event. And I was like, they did an amazing job cleaning our house and it saved me so much time. And so I realized that by investing in it, it literally saves me like five hours a week. Right. The money that it costs me for those five hours is so small compared to the time that it saves me. And I'm like, I could spend one hour and, you know, make back what it costs me and then it saves me the, the time and all of that. And so just realizing that it was so worth the return on the investment to, it's like we're buying hours and I love it, and they clean my house so much better. Than- <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so nice to know that my floors and my bathrooms and my toilets are getting clean yes. very well. So I anyway. love it. That is totally a worthy splurge on that. So I love it. And yeah, I can see how that would be a hot topic. But like you said, when you measure out what, how am I actually spending the hours that I've been given? It's not just about how you spend your money. It's about how you spend the hours of time that you've been given. So that totally makes sense. Okay. Well, let's talk about this then. Those are your splurges. Even now, after your business has taken off, you have a successful, thriving business now. I'm sure there are still some things that you're like, I'm still never going to pay full price for this. So I would love to know, do you have like a couple of things that even to this day, you never pay full price for? Well, one of the things that people find very interesting is that I rarely ever swipe a card. Like rarely ever swipe a card. Um, we, I, I've never had a credit card in my life. I do have a debit card. I have a business debit card, but I pretty much always use cash for everything. I, it just kills me to swipe a card. So that, I guess that helps in a lot of ways because I stick to the budget. We very much stick to our budget, but we still are huge fans of Aldi. And we shop there because we save so much money and we love their, we love their produce. We love almost all their food except for their meat. We don't really eat their meat, but, um, so we still shop at Aldi and just can't stand to pay full price for groceries when we know we can just go get them at Aldi. And then a couple other things. So travel, we do travel a lot, but we are very strategic about how we do it. And so that we, we always use the same airline and we always um, stay at the same hotel chain. And so then we um, are able to work it out so that we spend very little on travel because of points and you know all the different perks because I travel a lot too that helps out and then kids clothes I we rarely ever buy our kids clothes new I, I remember you talked about thread up yes. recently where uh, we're big fans of thread up and then also there's another site called Skula. that's one we've used a lot and then um, another site that I oftentimes will have credit to is Zulily and so we will so that's um, yeah so our, our kids they we just rarely ever go to the store and buy them clothes. And usually if we do, we have a gift card. So that's why we're at the store buying them clothes. Right, so. right. I am the same way about kids' clothes. Even now my girls are um, in the upper end of like girls' sizes. And it gets really hard. I feel like so much harder than when they were little to buy secondhand. But I we have here in Oklahoma City, and I think this is a nationwide thing, a 
huge consignment sale called Just Between Friends. I don't know if you've heard of that. I always hit up Just Between Friends when it comes to Oklahoma City because I can get so many clothes for my kids for so cheap, especially if you go towards the end of the week when they're cutting down the prices on everything. So my kids, like maybe twice a year, do they get a brand new outfit? It's usually like Easter and Christmas. They have something brand new, but then everything else is secondhand. And I still think they look really cute and darling. And And you don't have to worry. Like when they spill something, I'm just like, oh, you know, it was $2 and it's okay. Like we can just get rid of that shirt instead of freaking out that I spent. I mean, that's the thing for me and my clothes. I'm the same way. It's just like, it's just not worth it. Like I have a few really nice clothes that are like when I travel and those only when I travel and don't have kids with me. Cause I'm like, otherwise it's just, I will always be spilling something, somebody <laughs> touching me something, you know? And, and so it's just like, I'm just like, buying cheap and then I don't have to stress about it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm so the same way. Um, so as time has gone by, you've been doing this for over 10 years now, these, um, putting these frugal practices into place as time has gone by. Are there any of those frugal practices that at, at one time were really super important, part of your strategy, part of your plan that that now you've kind of you hold more loosely or maybe you've let go of altogether as as your family life has changed and things have evolved for you guys is there anything that you kind of just kind of put off to the side or put off to the wayside yes so i would say the biggest thing for me is that i do not grocery shop anymore my husband does all the grocery shopping and we shop at aldi but we don't use coupons anymore and so for a long time that was i mean that was really what i built the site was built off of helping people save money on groceries and so for a long time i was kind of like i can't i've got to keep using coupons and i've got to keep our grocery budget really, really low because I need to be true to what I started with the site. And then just realizing, you know what, the site is not the dictator of our family and we can change and that's okay. And so putting it out there, I I did a post on like why we more than doubled our grocery budget, which is still quite low comparatively speaking, but just putting out there and saying, you know what, I I need to come clean and I need to be like this, what we were at, at one point, it's not working for us anymore. And, and I'm good with that. And I want to just put it out there and let you know that it's okay. Seasons change and that's okay. So that I would say that that's one of the biggest things. And then the other thing for a long time, we really didn't have a lot of breathing room in our budget for doing like family fun things. We would only do things that were free. And so we've been allowing ourselves more room in our budget for doing something like if we want to go somewhere and have some experience with our kids, I don't want to take our kids to some local amusement park or something like that, allowing ourselves to say, you know what, we have saved and been very careful and we now have the wiggle room in our budget that we can do this fun thing and it's not it's not going to hurt our budget. So it's kind of like those short-term sacrifices for the long-term benefits and I still have to remind myself that we're, we're in the long-term benefits <laughs> phase and it's okay, this is a good thing because I'm still the kind of person that I will talk myself out of a $2 purchase and I'm <laughs> That. So. Gotcha. That totally makes sense. And I love that you said that thing about how seasons change, because that's so true for all of us. We know it like on a logical level. But like you said, sometimes you start to think like, this is how I have to live my life forever. And we lose that flexibility of recognizing that, yeah, you know, seasons change, circumstances change, and we have to be able to adapt. And and sometimes when you've worked really hard to scrimp and save, then the adapting means you get to have a little bit more fun and flexibility. So I love that. Well, like I said, when you were talking about your dry shampoo, you are on camera every day, at least once a day on Periscope. You are a total Periscope 
rock star. Now, you know, about a year ago when Periscope first came out, I was talking about how much I loved it on the show and I did, but then I got really overwhelmed with it and I just kind of dropped out (laughs) altogether. But you have taken it and just run with it. You're on there every day. You have fantastic topics, everything from daily deals that people can go and check out to, you know, marriage and family life, kids stuff, your own personal growth and development. You're sharing it all on Periscope and you have fantastic interaction with your followers there. I would love to hear a little bit more about this like what are some of the things that you love about that platform and then what are some of the biggest challenges and how do you come up with all of these ideas crystal i have got to know how you come up with all of this stuff (laughs) okay so here's the here's the treat about periscope like when i first heard about it i was like that is the dumbest thing ever (laughs) who can get on like because all the periscopes that i saw i was like here is my backyard and then they're just panning around their backyard like okay no and so for a long time I just thought this is not going anywhere but then it was Shalene Johnson I saw her on Periscope I got connected with her podcast and started she was talking about Periscope 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 and I thought I'm just gonna check it out again and I saw what she was doing on Periscope and I thought oh She's actually giving valuable information, the kind of stuff that I write in blog posts all the time or would go speak about, she's giving that in a live video. And it started the wheels turning in my head. It took me probably three to four weeks to work up the courage to actually push that start broadcast button because I am actually totally freaked out about live video. Like, it was like speaking and live video and all that, like poke my eyeballs, eyeballs out. <laughs> hot rod I mean it was like I ran away from that stuff for so long but I just felt like there was this connection that I could have with my audience that you would never have through the written word and so I worked on my courage psyched myself up said I was going to do this I said I was going to do it for a month I told myself I would do it for 30 days and then at the end of 30 days I would reevaluate well within literally probably a week I was getting emails from people saying oh my goodness I have read your blog for seven years I have read every single blog post you've ever done and I have never connected with you like this I had no idea that you were so relatable I always put you up on this pedestal I always thought you were this kind of person and now that I hear you I get you more and I relate to you more and so I realized that it was it was this um the side of me that people can never connect with through a blog post and it allowed people to really get me down off the pedestal which is really 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 important to me I don't ever want somebody to think like I have it all together and Periscope is live and I have done so many stupid things on there because it's live you know and so they can see that I'm a hot mess and the other day I was showing them this this plaque and I was it was, I was talking, it was like this really like in-depth, like I was all passionate about because I said, I am enough, and I was talking all about, and I'm looking at what I'm holding up on the screen, and I'm like, something's not right with those words. What is wrong with those words? And I realize I'm holding it upside down. And so, <laughs> and it's like, and then I'm like, well, and I'm a hot mess. And so people can just really, my kids come in sometimes, my battery will die, my hair will be, you know, messed up or whatever. And people get to see the real underbelly of who you are and I think that it's just been this beautiful thing for me I feel like it's helped me to come out of my shell it's given me more confidence in just being authentic as a person and I have just I've fallen in love with it and totally surprised myself but I would say like the challenges would be sometimes uh, there's trolls there's really interesting trolls and there are um 
but there will be lots of inappropriate innuendosings and um, there will be you know lots of cussing and different things like that that I will have to be blocking the people and sometimes that can throw you off or sometimes people who are new to Periscope might be horrified that someone's asking you know show me your boobs or something like that and I've gotten so used to it that it just doesn't bother me at all um, yeah but for some people that can be kind of shocking or distracting um, right so yeah so um, but as far as as far as how I come up with the content I just I guess it's people are always asking questions and usually so you'll do one scope like today I did a scope about um, fitting in exercise and how I'm finding time to exercise more well then a lot of people ask questions in there that I couldn't get to today so that'll spark something that then I'll put that on my calendar for maybe later on this month I'll do a scope about that and so I'm just always keeping a log of ideas for for things for for Periscope and um, I mean there are definitely days when I wake up and I'm like I got nothing I got nothing and so those are the days that I'm like and I'm not gonna scope today because I got nothing right yes <laughs> oh I love that you know I think that that is so true there are some people that that are so talented when it comes to conveying personality through writing but there is still that sort of wall there you know when you don't actually experience someone their voice their tone their inflection that's one of the things I've loved about podcasting the most I feel like my blog was always a lot more serious than I really have ever been in real life and so through the podcast I've um, been able to show that part of my personality too but you guys really if you have never seen Crystal on Periscope you absolutely have to go check her out because and what I love is you do it every morning usually it seems like in your schedule and it's just a like a great little shot of inspiration for moms, for women in general, really, to kind of get the day started. It's so fun. Well, and I was going to say about you with podcasting, you have, like, the best podcast voice on the – like, <laughs> and so I'm like, the people can never get that through your blog. And so you're, you just – you were born for podcasting. Oh, well, thank so, you. Thank you. I sure am having a lot of fun with it. That's for sure. Okay, well, before we wrap up, Crystal, something that I love to ask people when we have time when they come on the show is to tell us a little something about what you're always talking about. Way back when we started the show, all of us um, and the co-hosts, we all shared something we're always talking about. You know, for me, it's obviously personality type. I'm somehow managed to shoehorn it into every conversation. In fact, when you and I were emailing and planning this show, you mentioned that you've recently kind of started to get into Myers-Briggs theory a little bit. I would love to hear before we get to what you're always talking about, what your type is and what you are learning from Myers-Briggs that has been helpful to you. Yes. Okay. So, so I think it was four years ago that I was at one of my friend's houses and they're really into Myers-Briggs and they were mortified that I had never taken the test and that I had no idea what my personality type was. I really hadn't even heard of it before, to be honest. And um, so they were like, we are changing that. And so her husband was a facilitator. So that night I had the Myers-Briggs test administered to me and he read my results. I mean, I was, it said I was an INTJ. He read my results and I was like, oh my goodness. Like who got in my head? Like this? it freaked me out because I was like, this is me. Like all of my life, I thought it was a freak show. And now like, this is me. And, and it was, it changed my life in the sense of that it made me feel like I'm not this freak show. This is okay. Like this is who God has made me to be. And that's okay. 
But here's the interesting thing, and I would love to get your take on this. Okay, so I've kind of been going through this pretty big life-impacting thing this last year where it's just like I feel like I realized that I was like I almost created this persona of who I was supposed to be because it was safe and it was like people I thought that's what people would like and that's who I'm supposed to be and so, since the time I was a pretty little girl I've created this safe persona and I'm wondering do you think it's possible that people can almost like create a persona of a Myers-Briggs personality that they live under and that's who they are um, but that's not really who they are at their core Ooh, that's a good question. Um, first of all, I have to say, I am 0% surprised you're an INTJ. And the thing that clued me in, because we didn't talk about what your type was before we started recording, the thing that clued me in is I heard you say strategy and strategize so many times. INTJs are the master strategists of the Myers-Briggs spectrum. So I knew you were an introvert because I've seen you make mention of the fact that you need your introvert recovery time. But so I'm totally not shocked you're an INTJ. Here's what I think is happening with you, Crystal, because you grew up in a certain context where the things that are on the outside are that there's a lot of value placed in that. And so as you have gotten older and matured into adulthood and really connected with who you are at your core, you're starting to notice this sort of dissonance or the, um, the tension between like, here's who everybody wants me to be, but here's who I know I am on the inside. And if there's one thing an INTJ cannot deal with, it's inauthenticity. INTJs are driven to be authentic. And again, when you were talking about Periscope and how important it is to you for your readers and your followers to see you being real, that is such an INTJ thing. And so what I think is happening, I think you've been INTJ all along. I will say it is very difficult for women in our culture, in our culture at large, women who are INTJ struggle because a lot of the things that our culture places value on for women and what femininity looks like, what womanhood looks like, are in conflict with how INTJs approach life. So there's that. And I honestly feel like you and I both are part of the Christian faith. I have seen women who are INTJs in the church really struggle to find their footing too, because a lot of the ways that you're gifted, this strategizing thing that you can do, this masterminding, this being able to help people problem solve and, and find solutions, a lot of that, depending on what branch of Christianity you're in, um, that is um, delegated to the men to take care of. And if you're a woman and you have these ideas, again, I'm painting with really broad strokes here, but I have seen that in my own experience in the church, that if you're a woman, you're kind of like, well, why don't you go ahead and strategize over in the nursery for a little while? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so what I think ha is happening, Crystal, is I think that you are really, you are coming into your own, you're discovering all of these talents that you have, you're discovering what your passions are and how your specific talents and giftings can make a big impact. That's another thing that INTJs love to do. They love to look at the systems that are in place and say, okay, how can we turn this all around? How can we be subversive inside the systems that are in place and make things better? INTJs are totally driven to make the world better. They get this bad rap as being like the dark, like brooding, angry, you know, non-emotional robots of the Myers-Briggs system. But being married to an INTJ, having 
dear close friends who are INTJs, that is just nonsense because you all want the world to be better and you have a plan to make it better. And I can just hear that so much in all of the things that you've said in our conversation. So so that's what I think is happening. I think that you're really just, you're sort of like really fully living into your created to be and the time has maybe just come to set aside the persona that you grew up with and just trust that the people in your life, your family, friends, people who've known you for a long time, have to take that step to be able to trust that they're going to accept who you are and who you were created to be, which can be a really hard thing for INTJs. They truly, really are sensitive on the inside. And I think that this is just an exciting moment of you really like discovering how you can take this, like you said, the way that God created you and really live it to the fullest. So... That was super, I've just been dying to ask you that question because so I took, I, you know, the 16 personalities.com, like you can take the little, the free test. So I took it again recently and it didn't say I was an INTJ and it freaked me out. I was like, oh no, like who am I? What's going on? But I think it was because I have become more, I've been in some really hard situations walking with people through some really deep, intense hurt and pain in the last year. And so it's brought out this part of me that I didn't even know that I had, like that I'm having to not be a fixer and a solutions girl. And I'm having to just sit and listen and just love. And that's not my personality, but, but I'm like being okay with that. And so I think it was, it's this, this tension and this angst between, well, I, I'm doing that well, but at the same time, I feel like I'm, I'm going through all that right now. But what you said was super helpful. So the other thing with personality types that's been very helpful to me is learning about people on my team and who I best interact with and in what position. So someone who's going to be working as an assistant really closely with me, I've learned that certain personality types will absolutely drive me insane. And so that has been really helpful for me. And I'm still just learning as I go. But like I've learned that an INFJ, Mm -hmm. I have two on my team and they, we work so well together. Like Mm -hmm. it's like they read my brain and we just work so well together. And my um, executive assistant, I, she told me she was an INFJ before I even asked. And I was like, I almost wanted to be like, you got the job, baby. (laughs) 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 You know, your you know, your personality type and you're that and you're telling me, okay. (laughs) But, but so that's been really helpful for me. And then to also understand people better on my team who like, it would always rub me wrong before, but now that I know their personality type, then I can see it through the lens of, Oh, that's why they're reacting like that. And it has nothing to do with me. And it has nothing to do with them in the sense of they're not trying to be, make a poor decision or something. It's their personality type. And so that's been very helpful to me. I love that. I love that you work so well with INFJs. INFJ and INTJ share the same primary cognitive function, which is introverted intuition. That means that you guys, like you said, you felt like they can see into your brain and know what you're thinking. It's because you actually do see the world in the exact same way. So that totally makes sense then that your INFJs are the people that you lean on. And across the board, INFJs are fantastic people to work with. Uh, My co-author, when I wrote Spirit-Led Parenting, my co-author, Laura Oyer, is an INFJ. And I I say this to this day, that book would never have gotten written if it weren't for her because she kept us on track very orderly, but still was able to stay in touch with the overall philosophy of our book. So I love an INFJ. They're fantastic people. So I love hearing how it has brought so much understanding into your life. That's why I love it. I say that on the show all the time. It has helped me understand my husband. It's helped him understand me. It's helped me understand friendships and family dynamics so much. I just, I love it 
for all of the harmony it brings into our lives. So, okay, well, we totally took a, a sidetrack there to talk about the thing I always love to talk about. But I would love to hear from you, Crystal. What do you? What are you interested in besides all of your work and the things you're passionate about? Just like on a personal level, what are you always talking about these days? Yes. Okay. So my thing this year is um, I'm. Well, I've always been into coloring, but now it's like become cool. And so I'm really happy that adult coloring has become cool because I love to color. I'm really excited because we're actually in the process of I'm doing my own coloring book, which I'm so excited about. I've been wanting to But, um, and so that's something that I love. And then this year I set this crazy goal for myself to do hand lettering, to learn how to hand letter, which is basically just like to perfect my hand writing in a way that I would could make little quotes that I could post on social media or something. And I, I started seeing around, I don't know, just kind of started becoming a thing. Maybe it's always been a thing and I just didn't pay attention or something, but, um, I started just paying attention and seeing that it was out there. And I thought I'd like to learn how to do that. And I only set four goals for myself this year, which is very, very weird for me, but it's my year of rest. I'm having a year of rest. And so I only set four goals for myself. And one of them was to hand letter for five minutes every day. And it's been so fun. I've been kind of Instagramming the progress and it's been really cool to see the actual practicing is I'm, I'm learning and I'm improving. It's really cool to, to see. And so that's something that I've, I've been really passionate about. And what I love about it is this pulling from this side of me that doesn't usually maybe ever like this muscle that doesn't get exercised is this creativity and um, it's just a fun thing that I can do and it's like this kind of me time of me just saying I'm going to do something that's just for me and there's no it's not about productivity it's about just sitting there and being quiet and practicing my hand lettering for me and so that's been a really good thing to kind of slow me down and just do something to breathe and be creative. I love that. Well, I have been following along on Instagram, watching your journey as you have been working. Like you said, you share little snippets along the way. And I have to say, you're getting really good. I can totally tell that you have been practicing. It is looking really good. So it's, it's been fun. It's like, it's fun. It's so silly. Like that. Uh, but I'll, I sit it, we have our Bible time in the morning as a family. And I usually do my hand lettering then. And I'm like holding up my little sheet, like, look, I think I like it today. <laughs> It's just fun because it's not, that is not really a lot of what I usually exercise. I'm usually not, I'm like productivity and, you know, task list and like strategizing, as you said. And so it's just, it's good. I think it's good to have things in our life that really cause us to just kind of stop and slow down and breathe and do something just for us. I love it. I love it. Well, I know you all are going to have some follow-up questions and comments and feedback for Crystal. So Crystal, before you go, remind us where we can find you on social media so we can continue the conversation over there. So um, my blog is moneysavingmom.com and I am on Facebook, Money Saving Mom. So facebook.com forward slash Money Saving Mom. And then as well on Twitter, Money Saving Mom. And then Pinterest, it's MSM blog because I was bad and didn't get my name soon enough. (laughs) And same thing, Instagram is the money saving mom and Periscope is money saving mom. So, okay, fantastic. If you're money saving mom, you'll usually find me. 
That's right. That's right. I'm so thankful that you took the time to come on the show. This has been such a treat. And I know everybody is going to love getting to hear this side of you. So if you want to find me on social media, I am at Sorta Awesome Meg on Twitter and Instagram. Come find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. The show is also on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created by me, Megan Teets, and is produced each week in collaboration with Kelly Gordon, Rebecca Hoffert, and Laura Tremaine. Visit us on the web at SortaAwesomeShow.com, where you can sign up for the show's newsletter, connect with the Sorta Awesome community, and find show notes for each episode of Sorta Awesome. Music is provided by the band Prager. Find out more at PragerMusic.com. We'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.